This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, Justin. Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, it's going super, just uh, super duper. And uh, uh, But I was thinking about something, you know, because... Yeah. We had a conversation about ClickFunnels. You were like way into ClickFunnels for a while. Oh, I still am. I still am. Yeah. I, I've never used it actually for a marketing campaign. Well, you're missing out then. You're missing out on a big thing there. Oh, man. What do, how, how do we resolve this? We are problem solvers. So how would we resolve this issue? Well, I guess uh, what we could do is uh, I, got, I got an idea. Yeah. We're gonna get, uh, let's get one of the founding partners on the line and see what he has to say about it. No way. <laughs> Yeah, I got a, I got a direct line here. So I got him on speed dial. So why don't we just go and dial him up? See if he's there. That's, a, that's why I love you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> while he's making that call, I'll just introduce ourselves. We are the Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right. All right. So who you got for us, Justin? Yeah, that's right. Uh, today we are joined by an exciting guest. We have uh, Dave Woodward, who is a partner with ClickFunnels since the beginning of the company, uh, which I found out today is the sixth anniversary of ClickFunnels. We'll have to, really? we'll have to mention, talk about that. So they were founded in 2014. Uh, Dave's got vast knowledge of online marketing. He's played a pivotal role in growing ClickFunnels from zero to 150 million in annual sales. Um, and maybe more than that. Uh, so he has a, a top business podcast called Funnel Hacker Radio, and that right now is being rebranded to ClickFunnels Radio um, next month in October. So he's uh, very energetic and guaranteed to make this episode great. It says so right here in his bio. So I'm going to hold you to your word. Please welcome to the show, Dave Woodward. Dave, how yeah. are you? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, guys. Super excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you for being on the Marketing Geeks. Uh, yeah, so so for for those uh, listeners who don't know you and don't know ClickFunnels, give us a little breakdown about who you are and how you're connected to the company and what the company does. Sure. Uh, again, Dave Woodward, we've had the opportunity of uh, growing ClickFunnels for the last six years, over 100,000 customers now. And it the platform is set up for anybody who's either trying to generate a lead or sell something online. ClickFunnels is for you. Yeah, that's a that's a fair assessment of it. It's I mean, it's pretty much like an all encompassing type of uh, a type of software. So I mean, the way I would break it down, you have your your landing page features. So you're actually building out like the where you would direct someone to come to a website with a direct call to action. You have uh, you have an email component. Now, um, it, one of the things I was hearing in the beginning of the year this year was that you were kind of getting back to basics. And I know that there was a transition where I believe Russell, uh, the founder, Russell Brunson, uh, who's the CEO, of the, or he was the CEO of the company, I believe he moved from CEO to chairman and that there were some kind of changes back to the roots of the company. Am I accurate there? Can you elaborate on that a bit? Sure. More than happy to. So uh, again, when we started ClickFunnels, we have uh, two co-founders, uh, Todd Dickerson and Russell Brunson. Todd is the techn technological genius behind growing and scaling and, and building the actual platform. Russell is the marketing genius to actually make all this stuff happen. Uh, again, I came on during that period of time and helped grow and scale. Both Todd and Russell are the introverts, and I'm the extrovert of, of the company. <laughs> and uh, actually, about this time last year is where we kind of made some changes as far as organizational things. So Russell is our chief experience officer. Todd is our chief strategy officer, and then I'm the CEO. 
I, oh, you took over. You're the CEO now. I knew that. I knew that there was a, a replacement. I did not realize that you are now the CEO of ClickFunnels. So I didn't. Okay, that's the. We have to reintroduce you now. That's the. Oh no, the, no no no! I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> we're not real big on titles. What matters is just getting stuff done. Uh, we all kind of come from the whole startup mentality of all hands on deck and whatever it takes. Let's just make this thing happen. So for a while, for a while though, you were kind of dabbling um, more. I mean, I think when I, when I heard the interview with Russell, uh, which this, some of this was again, toward the beginning of 2020, it was that you were kind of dabbling in, in too many areas though. And that you were wanted to get back to core fundamentals where like your area of brilliance is really like simple landing pages. Um, so people can kind of plug and play, create these pages that look amazing without knowing code, without having to have this certain level of background. Plus you have templates that are just like fill in the blank here you go, put this out there. And it's actually going to um, proven to convert basically from prior funnels. So uh, just, could, I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Like the, sure. how you kind of Love brought to. back to back to like your area of brilliance? Absolutely. Uh, again, when we started ClickFunnels, the whole idea was to create an online sales funnel. Uh, we've been building at the time, Russell and Todd were had about 14, 15 different companies up each one really kind of going down the same same path where you're creating this online sales funnel, driving people into the sales funnel and then following up afterwards through marketing automation tools. And what we realized as, as we continue to grow and scale that uh, the most important thing for a lot of our customers was really understanding how to actually create a funnel. There's a science and an art behind it and wanted to really provide people more of the tools. Sometimes the art is a little more difficult for some of the people. So what we decided to do is to really create as many we refer to them as share funnels where they, it's a template, but instead of it just being a template, it's an actual, the entire sales funnel is already built out for you. And we then went back to, uh, when we first started ClickFunnels, we had, it was called Funnel Fridays, where every Friday Russell would get on and say, here's 10 of the things that are working inside of ClickFunnels and you should start using them in your business. We went even to even more basic elementary level where we now have Funnel Fridays where he and Jim Edwards get on and they literally will build out a funnel in a certain niche. So it might be for e-commerce. It might be for a webinar. It might be for uh, generating a lead. And our designers and our uh, other people who work with us, they then create anywhere from 7 to 15 different templates or share funnels. Whereas as long as you're there on Funnel Fridays, you listen to it, you get all 7 to 15 of those things in your account with a click of one button. And then you can go ahead and you can change your pictures or your copy, your images, whatever else you want so that Again, they're, they're tested funnels, they work, they've, they've been used in other areas, and they're really set up to be able to, to get a person's business off the ground super fast, or to find a way of split testing that funnel against something you may already be using. That that's pretty incredible, and it's it, it's become a really competitive space uh, since you guys <laughs> launched, to say the least. Yeah, you can uh, say that. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like every. Every other month, there's like a ClickFunnels uh, clone that goes up on AppSumo, <laughs> you know. Uh, but 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 uh, so how did how did you originally get involved with this? Because this is like it's amazing, uh, it's amazing product. But how did you go from like what were you doing before that, and how did you get involved with ClickFunnels? Great question. Uh, so my earlier career, I had my own marketing agency at the time. I I kind of cut my teeth at the. Dan Kennedy and Jay Abraham and, and more of the direct response marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, so early 2000s, I was devout uh, Dan Kennedy uh, devotee, basically, to study as much as I possibly could about direct response marketing. And my marketing agency at the time, we did a lot of uh, direct mail, primarily for mortgage companies and for real estate, for insurance, securities, uh, industry I'd been involved in for quite some time. And really, it gotten very good at, at scaling and growing those types of businesses. And it was about 2008 when a lot of my clients were like, well, I'd really like to figure out how do we do more things online? And it just happened to be that Russell was coming down and do, was doing a seminar in Anaheim. And I went to the seminar he and Stu McLaren were putting on. At the time, it was focused primarily on affiliate marketing. And I sat there, took a ton of notes, listened to a bunch. But uh, they started off the, the presentation and Russell said, hey, you know what? If any of you guys would like to kind of pick our brain feel free to go to the back of the room and sign up for, you know, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and you can take us out and, and just talk to us. And I'm like, learned a long time ago, it's a lot easier to work your way or buy your way in. And uh, for me, it was buying my way in. I literally went back and signed up for every breakfast, lunch, and dinner that Russell had. And we became just great friends. Uh, spent a lot of time together in the next seven years, just doing a bunch of different things, everything from, I uh, did a couple funnels together in the fitness space and the real estate space, network marketing space. Some worked, some didn't, uh, but it just uh, 
just started off a great friendship. And when ClickFunnels came around, uh, he extended the opportunity to to get involved. And I was very eager and excited to to, to jump into that. That's interesting because the the vast majority of my clients. I was a client of theirs first. And I like what you're talking about <laughs> buying, buying your way in or volunteering your way in even like, uh, I, I just think back to like my, my biggest clients, I either did volunteer. I mean, well, I was, I was I think a client of all of them, but I, I also did some volunteer work for them on the side. And because I did it, that's what developed the relationship and then ended up becoming a very profitable, um, client partner relationship. So it, I, I really like that philosophy. Now, uh, is that offer still on the table for Russell Brunton? All we have to do is buy him dinner and we get all that. <laughs> That's gone up in value, I think, since, uh, since you got think it. So. Yeah, his, uh, his life's changed a little little since then. But Justin, again, to your credit there, I am a huge believer that uh, that's probably one of the best ways of building any relationship, buying other people's products, working for free, letting them understand you know what value you bring to the table. I think that uh, too often people have their hand out first instead of uh, offering to either give and you give your time, your talents, or or some money as well. Hundred percent agree. One of the uh, I caught this in one of your other interviews that um, when ClickFunnels started, I think all the way through, maybe still going on. You uh, you attached like a deal where when you got when you first got your account, you would get a T-shirt and it would get yeah. mailed to you direct mail. And and somebody had given you some pushback on the costs of that, <laughs> and you're like. The t-shirt stays. We're never, we're never getting rid of the t-shirt because, and I agree with you on this. And I think that's the right way to think about it because if you're thinking short-term, yeah, you're cutting into short-term profits, but if you're thinking lifetime value and you're thinking long-term, then, then you're creating like people that will remember something. Cause I don't know any other company I've ever signed up with. That's given me a t-shirt. I got a t-shirt in the mail. I think I've, uh, I, I, it might not fit me anymore. So I might <laughs> get, get on the ClickFunnels diet to get back in that t-shirt shape. But, uh, <laughs> but tell me, tell me about that a little bit. Like your, your philosophy there, like, cause I, I think I heard, I mean, you were doing that before I, that's becoming more mainstream now. I think this idea of, um, of sending personalized gifts, personalized things is becoming more, um, more embraced finally, but you were doing it a long time ago. So talk to me a little bit about that mindset and how you got started with that. Oh, great question. Yeah, we, we actually started almost from the very beginning. Um, what happened for a lot of our customers is they soon started identifying themselves as funnel hackers. And so our very first live event uh, actually happened in 2015. And it was called Funnel Hacking Live based around that whole idea. Uh, Russell had been teaching this principle of funnel hacking. And so when we started really changing and, and taking a look at the way our signup flow went, we decided to go ahead and add in a funnel hacking t-shirt if they did a couple of different things. And at this point right now, primary thing is it's watching about a 20 minute video of Russell really kind of teaching some of the primary principles. So they signed up for a free trial. And I think just that's probably the reason for a lot of people. They're like, my gosh, I'm not, I haven't even got any money yet. And you're willing to spend money on them. For us, there's a whole ton of, I mean, there's a lot of reciprocity that kicks in. And, mm -hmm. and one of the main reasons, and we all came from the direct response marketing days. We're used to lumpy mail, used to getting that kind of stuff. And what what we realized was if we could get the t-shirt to them, ideally before the, the trial even ended, there'd be a possibility that they would increase the conversion just due to the law of reciprocity. But the real benefit we didn't realize at the time was the amount of community that started to become created because of the shirt. I've ran into people, I'll see them wearing a ClickFunnels shirt and they're like, oh my gosh, I've probably, this is probably the most expensive shirt I've ever bought. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I've been I spent probably the first year paying click models and I was just afraid to cancel just because you guys had sent me a shirt. And, <laughs> and so I think, but there's so much more to it than that. I think the, the, one of the things obviously is law of reciprocity. I think the real big thing though, is people want to belong, especially the entrepreneur, the solopreneur. It's a really lonely, hard world. And if you feel like you've found yourself, you know, Alex Sharfin refers to this whole entrepreneurial personality type. And I think, for us, that's what we see happen for a lot of our, our customers is they find a community they can belong to. And because of that, they stick, they have great success with the software and uh, they feel like they're, they're home. They're with family. Yeah. I mean, you've definitely built a hardcore tribe, I would say of uh, ClickFunnels funnel hackers, uh, whether through your events, which are now very large or through just like the Facebook groups and communities that I see online and, and people self-identify as funnel hackers. You see that all the time. Uh, of people that are part of the the ClickFunnels community, and they and then you've kind of created this diehard fan base, almost like, in a sense, on a smaller scale than Apple, but like the model of like a Steve Jobs and Apple, where you 
where you actually develop your customers into fans and, and then they become their own brand advocates. One, and, and to that um, idea of brand advocacy, one of the other things that I saw that you did early, early on in growing ClickFunnels, so we, we've had a few SaaS owners on that have, have talked about the difficulties of growing SaaS companies. And uh, Ryan Levesque, when he was on the show, said, you take a million dollars in cash, you light it on fire, and that's step one of building your SaaS company. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my favorite quote on the show probably today. Um, but you you created one of the early kind of heavy affiliate programs where you were paying 40% commission um, to all your affiliates in perpetuity. So those were lifetime commissions. And and in the sense, you, you, were, you know, you were paying your people that love the product already to go out there and become your promoters and help spread it. And, and you were paying a higher commission than most companies had been doing at the time anyway, as far as, as, far as I know. Um, so tell me about the idea behind that commission program, that affiliate program, and, and how, what percentage of growth do you, would you attribute that to for getting ClickFunnels to the $150 million uh, plus that it's at now? Well, I can say in the, very, uh, the beginning stages, it was almost 100%. Uh, we started off ClickFunnels and uh, really had a ton of success through doing webinars with other affiliates. And Russell literally spent every single day for probably the first six months doing multiple webinars. And it was, a, again, it was a 40% commission. Uh, if I was to start all over, I'd probably do a little less. That uh, 40% <laughs> is a chunk of change. But again, it's created a very, very loyal affiliate program. It's been uh, a ton of fun for us. I got a uh, text and email yesterday from Anthony Morrison, just crossed over $2 million that he's received from us, paying on, wow. on stuff he doesn't even, I mean, he just promotes just naturally. And yeah. we got we we'll probably have half a dozen people who are over a million dollars through our ClickFunnels program. Um, a lot of it really came from, we'd all kind of cut our teeth in affiliate marketing in the past and realized the power behind it, especially if there's one thing just to have people promote it as an affiliate, just trying to earn the, earn the money. The other side of it really is when you find someone who's passionate about your product. And for us, it's more a matter of marketing integration. And if I can find a way, uh, like with Anthony Morrison's program, he, he teaches people how to set up businesses online, how to grow and scale. And it's just part of his program is ClickFunnels. And so they just naturally buy into it. Um, we see the same thing with, you know, Bedros Kulian has Fit Body Bootcamp and sells franchises. And so their HR department is all set up on our membership platform. And so anybody buys a franchise basically gets a ClickFunnels account with it. Um, we see Alex Ramosi, same type of thing with, with Jim Launch and things. And so for us, it's been a it's been a great opportunity to to create a bunch of loyal friends, uh, but also affiliates who continue to promote because it works for them, it works for their customers, and again provides a, an ongoing stream of revenue, which is really nice. So let me ask you when you when you first uh, like when when you put ClickFunnels together, was there anything else like that on the market? Uh, was there something that you saw that was like, oh, that's pretty good, but we need to build a better mousetrap? Like, what was the kind of the the, the evolution of ClickFunnels? Andros, great question. Um, I can tell you, when we originally started, it was out of our own need. Um, we were, again. We were building a, a new business, new funnel, probably every other month or so. And Todd Dickerson, I'm sure, got to the point where it's like every request that uh, Russell had as far as changing a headline or changing a font or a color or something. It's like, there's got to be an easier way than me going in and coding this thing every single time. And uh, Todd, at the time, lived, still lives out in Atlanta and was flying over here to Boise. And it literally just as soon as he got on the plane, realized that lead pages had received their first round of funding. And he's like, I could build that overnight. This is, it's not that hard. <laughs> and so by the time he landed, he was totally frustrated with it and sat down with Russell and said, I know we can do this thing. What else would you want besides just a landing page? And that's really what uh, Russell got on the whiteboard with Todd. And they just started mapping out, drawing exactly what would be the, the best product that would actually serve all the needs that Russell had at that time for his customers. So it was more than just a landing page. It was actually walking them through the funnel, having order form bumps and upsells and downsells and having marketing automation tools built in. So the vision was actually cast six years ago and implemented, fortunately for us, very quickly. Uh, Todd's just a genius when it comes to tech. And that's kind of how we, we got started with it. Andros was just out of need for, for what we had at the time. Wow, that's incredible. And and like the when you put it together, because, you know, you're basically creating convertible landing pages, right, in, in a very simple way. So 
when when you started looking at this, how did you get the data to figure out like what the best practices were for the highest types of converting pages? Oh man, I can tell you. Fortunately, uh, we've been doing this at that point probably seven years, <laughs> uh, probably almost for me around seven years. Russell probably ten years at that time. A lot of trial and error, and having done it multiple times, already knew kind of what worked. Uh, I think probably the best thing was the ability to split test. So the software was originally created, had a split testing feature to it. So as soon as we would do something and it was built, the very first thing was it was handed over to Todd to see if he could beat it through a split test. And we did it. We actually created a 108 split test book showing all the different split tests that had worked, why they worked. And that was really kind of the genesis behind uh, really, it was testing our, our own stuff over and over and over again to find out what actually worked. Now, I, I want to ask about the term funnel because I didn't really get deeply, deeply into the online marketing space until 2012, 2013. And when I, when I'm thinking about funnels, I'm thinking um, like Russell really, if he didn't come up with it, I don't know if he did or did not, but he very much popularized the term online funnel marketing funnel, which has become a part of the uh, daily lexicon of your, <laughs> uh, your digital marketing gurus now. But uh, if, can you like did is he the first one to really kind of talk about this or is he the first one that just made it into a easy to understand model that could go mainstream or at least mainstream in, in our world uh, maybe not not maybe not fully mainstream because uh, I'm kind of curious on that because I've never seen like even in dot com secrets which was Russell's first book that I, I imagine came out around the same time as uh, ClickFunnels launch it like it really breaks down like landing page like oto one-time offer like that's your upsell page and then you know you might go have a downsell page it really broke down that flow or that um that funnel and and some of these terms uh, is that are you responsible for those or um what would you would you credit somebody else or what i just want to hear the background on that i think uh, as far as sales funnels the term's probably been around for a while uh popularizing it definitely russell gets all the credit for making it mainstream and part of the lexicon <laughs> of online marketing for sure no one has talked more about online sales funnels than Russell has. Again, we started ClickFunnels in 2014 and early spring 2015 was when Dotcom Secrets came out. So he was writing the book at the same time he was creating the company. And again, OTOs, upsells, downsells were, were things that we were using on a daily basis. And so, again, I don't know who actually the originator of it. I don't know, but definitely I would give 100% credit to Russell for popularizing it for sure. No one is, again, no one has written more, said more, done more videos, talk more about online sales funnels than Russell for sure. So what, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that you uh, talked about at the very beginning of the program was the idea of making things personal. And uh, some of the trends that I've been seeing, especially in sales, has been... Uh, uh, really about personalizing the the reach out, and so we had a a, a um, one of our guests the the other week was talking about how she has a whole strategy around creating ad campaigns on LinkedIn that will target a specific company just to br br bring awareness, and then she'll create a video like a one minute video that that does the pitch right directly to the decision maker so i i see that because automation has become so like standard now it it, it all feels fake and so when someone does that it feels real so how how has like where do you see the evolution of all of this because you almost in a sense invented the automated sales funnel but there's a there's a shift happening so what how are you dealing with that oh man Andres, there's a lot of things that we're looking at that we currently have in the works and then a lot of things that are coming. So I'll tell you what's currently in the works. Uh, one, when you talk about marketing automation, I think one of the main things to realize these days is you have to, you have to communicate with your customer in the way they want to be communicated with. Not everybody's an email person. Uh, not everyone's a text. Not everyone's. And so one of the main things we've added inside of ClickFunnels uh, through the marketing automation piece is the ability to communicate through messenger, through text, through email, through desktop push notifications, through voicemail broadcast. And uh, for one, one of the main things we've seen is um, as you go throughout the funnel, and especially on the marketing autom automation side, we actually have, we track the ROI of each email, the ROI of each text, the open rates, the, and again, the actual dollar amounts that each one of those generates. And I think that over time, what happens is you very quickly identify your current customers, they prefer X or they prefer Y, 
or what happens is, you know, only a segment does. And you can then segment that this portion of the list, who's ever opening more text, they get more text. Who's ever opening more messengers, they get more messengers. And then you also still have the opportunity of broadcasting across multiple platforms. But I think the main thing you made mention of Andros there is the key to really understand your customer. And I think you're going to see even more customization and more personalization of messaging as we continue to, to scale and to grow. Uh, I know, you know, we talk a lot as from a scaling and growing click funnels, we do a lot through our dream 100 strategies. And when we, uh, very, again, early days, one of the main things we did was, uh, nowadays they're pretty commonplace, but at the time it was a, it was a video postcard, uh, where you basically opened up the card and, the, and there would be a video playing and Russell, they recorded a hundred unique videos, customized each individual person talking about ClickFunnels and also talking about the dot-com secrets book and making sure that they receive something unique and custom. We still do those same types of things today. Uh, whether it's, you know, a, one of our top affiliates receives a, or has a baby, you know, we'll send out a little onesie and with ClickFunnels <laughs> on it or something like that. Or, and I think that the key Andros, as you made mention there is you really have to understand your customer and what excites them. And most importantly, how do they prefer to be communicated with? Not everyone is going to be opening messenger. Not everyone's going to be opening emails. And the key there is to really identify how they best prefer to communicate, what the frequency is, and then to start communicating with them in, in that desired method. Mm, okay. Okay. And, and, and so do you, do you feel that there's a, like more of a, a shift going in how people are actually doing marketing. I mean, one of the things that uh, I feel is that Facebook has a decision to make in 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 its existence, and uh, and in fact, all of social media does, all of marketing does. So, uh, do you do you see there being an evolution in the way that people are doing marketing? Absolutely. <laughs> a ton. Uh, you know, one of the things we're looking at right now is uh, being able to identify the customer as they come into the funnel. And uh, some of the things we have on the roadmap here is to be able to actually change the funnel based on who's coming into it. So if you were in a weight loss space, uh, you could basically have pictures of, of male or female or or for that matter, what is the what's their ethnicity? And the more information. Facebook gives us a lot of that kind of information and some of it can be abused, but I think some of it also, if it's using the right method, actually allows you to connect better with your customer to where if all of a sudden, I don't even remember the, you know, the old days of kind of a pick your adventure type of a books where, you know, you read <laughs> something and you get to a certain page and say, which way do you want to go? And you go to that page. I think marketing is going to become that same type of an experience where it's more of a kind of pick your journey and pick your experience. I see that mm. there's a lot of, a lot more experiential type of things that people are looking for. Uh, some of it's entertainment, but the other part is they want to be communicated different than they have been in the past. I very much yeah. agree with that. And I'm, you know, we're seeing a start of this dynamic content idea. With, so yeah. based on like maybe how you tagged your customers in your CRM or, or however you, you, whatever data you have on the customer, um, it, it's no longer going to be necessarily a one page, a one size fits all experience. So if you if you click on a link to go to a landing page, depending on how you are labeled in that person's CRM, you might be seeing a different page than somebody else. So if you're a male, maybe you're seeing yeah. one dedicated to males, you're a female, you see one dedicated to females, and you can take that down to a very granular level, depending on <laughs> how big of a team you have and how much <laughs> how much you want to do. But I do think we're going to get more and more into that space. It's already starting. Same with email content. I mean, even the emails that go out, you could actually customize those to be a little bit different based on um, based on the, the type of context. And, and so I, I very much think that we're moving into that more personalized thing. And I think a lot of the spray and pray um, <laughs> widespread tactics are well, they're being they're being cracked down on too. And beyond just being kind of frowned upon, they're also being cracked down on. I mean, we're seeing, um, you know, the GDPR was the kind of first step oh, on privacy sure. to stop uh, cold email. And now we're seeing the CCPA in California and, and more of that will follow, I guarantee. And, and so some of these, uh, you know, traditional uh, tactics or, you know, or where people were doing that kind of stuff are, are now going to be banned, not just, uh, not just stop. So I think very much so like to separate you from those old school tactics that are kind of phasing out, they're still working in a, to an extent, but they're phasing out is going to be this personalization aspect. So. Yeah, I think that dynamic aspect is a huge deal. And I totally agree with you on that, Justin. There's too often uh, a lot of people think <laughs> They can be really sloppy 
in their marketing. And I think the all the legislation and GDPR, all the crazy stuff that's happening, scares a lot of people off, which is a good thing for those who are serious and dedicated and want to become better at it, because it actually, it, it basically levels up the game. Yeah. Creates a barrier to entry. Yeah. It does. And, and, and it's also, uh, you know, we live in a day and age where it's, it's, data can be manipulated into anything now. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see The Social Dilemma uh, on Netflix. I just watched it, Andros. I, I just watched it. Yeah, <laughs> I actually have seen half of it, <laughs> and, but I've, I definitely want to see the other half for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it, it brings up a good question, which is, uh, you know, what are, what are we really doing with this technology? And uh, because we're moving into this day and age where things are just, reality is just kind of spongy a little bit, and, and we're not really sure what's real anymore. Uh, I, I think that to have some sort of way to reach out to people in, in, a, in a real authentic, true way, it feels refreshing, you know? Uh, and, and so, and that's, that's really my question because I, I think about when I think about click funnels, one of the, the things that I think about is the tactics that, that people employ, uh, using any sort of landing pages, scarcity marketing, the timer, the countdown, the, you know, the, those types of, uh, the methodologies, I, I think they're, they're a bit harder to make people fall for nowadays. So are there, are there different types of templates that you're looking at implementing that's going to address those types of issues? I think, uh, you know, a couple of things you made mention there is urgency and scarcity. And it's definitely, those are the things that for one, it, it gets people to move. It's human nature. And uh, as with anything, you know, Andros, <laughs> you can use it for good or for evil. It's kind of how it works. And it's definitely, I think these days, a lot of it's used more on the evil side of things. Uh, but what we are taking a look at is um, if you, some of the main things you'll find when it comes to like a scarcity, if there is truly a certain number, that's one of the things that your customers actually, you can build a re really solid relationship with if, if it's real and if it's authentic. If it's not, then very quickly your customers are going to realize, you know what, they're just out there trying to make a buck. And so some of the main things that we have looked at is what are the things that you can do to become that much more authentic, but at the same time still use the human behavioral things that actually still do work. Uh, and so if you were taking a look at from an, again, urgency or scarcity thing, if it truly is a certain quantity, and I think one of my favorite examples of this is Lululemon. I've probably spent, I should have bought stock when I first got married at Lululemon <laughs> because my wife loves Lululemon. But it's, it's just one of those things where when they're out, they're out. I mean, you don't, there's certain products that when it's out, it's out. And because of that, whether it's a color or a pattern or a size, they, it's extremely authentic. And what it's done is built a very strong following amongst their customers because they know there are certain things that are always there, but there are certain patterns that are only there during the winter months. There are certain things that are only there. And I think when you start learning from other businesses that are, are mainstream who are using things that actually work and you start applying those into your own business, you'll have a ton more success. It, it's kind of true. That's probably why I spend so much money on AppSumo. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, Andres, I want to say two things here, though, because uh, one, I mean, as much as people may start to be more aware of the tactics like a scarcity or urgency that are they're kind of being used on them. On the other flip side of that, we are human beings with a human brain that's only evolved to a certain extent. And those <laughs> are the triggers that will trigger humans. And I mean, the, the reality is that psychology is hardwired into our brains. And so even if somebody's aware of it, it doesn't mean it doesn't work on them. It still, it still can work, which is pretty crazy, which is why... Uh, which is why I think that Andres brings up like it can be used for evil kind of uh, argument as well. But I like what you said, Dave, because I do think that scarcity, when used authentically, um, like there only are only three, there's only room for three people because I have so much time on my calendar if you're taking on like a high level coaching, yeah. like one on one type program, or it's a launch that ends on this date. And that's legitimate. As long as those dates are legitimate or the quantity, uh, are legitimate, then I think it's smart and it's the right tactic. But it's, I guess that I think this started with like kind of evergreen webinars, which are on-demand webinars that were faked to be live when they they weren't. I think that that's kind of where um, I, I when I I remember when I first started watching them, I didn't know they were not live. I thought they were live, <laughs> and as I kind of discovered it, and then I saw like things like fake dynamic comment insertion <laughs> and like all these kind of 
crazy tools to, to create the experience of a live environment that, that wasn't there. I, I think those worked really, really well for a time and, and they might still work today. I don't, um, I've kind of moved away from them in my, at least on my side. So I, I don't know exactly how well they still work, but they, um, to me though, I think those are the kind of things that are more, um, they're being more critical. People are more critical on them now than they, than they were five years ago, four years ago. Oh, sure. And, and I think, and I think that's where a lot of this, like people, when people think about like the negatives of scarcity, it's like, that's what they're thinking of is like this fake scarcity that everybody has a timer that pops up. that says one hour that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> or back in the eighties and nineties, when we watched infomercials on TV, call in the next 10 minutes and you'll get this. But what if I call 20 minutes? Is that, I mean, how do they even know when I saw the ad? <laughs> no, I mean, just the same thing. Oh yeah. I, I, we've, we still do a lot of live webinars and it always cracks me up when people say, is this really live? I'm like, yes, let me tell you right now, this is live. Oh yeah, I, I, I see that all the time now. People don't believe it. They don't believe it anymore. <laughs> this is live. <laughs> so Dave, let me, let me ask you uh, a, a kind of a different field of question because one of the things that I feel has contributed to the success of the company is the culture, right? There, there people are excited about about what you're bringing. And it seems that people, you know, you're, you're having events. You're like, you know, people get up on the couch like Tom Cruise and, uh, <laughs> you know, scream about the girlfriend. But I, so, so what, how did you develop the culture? Was there a specific sort of vibe you wanted to bring into it? What, wh how did that happen? Oh man, I tell you, we could have a huge long podcast just on culture and growing culture. There's, uh, you mentioned earlier the whole Apple, mm -hmm. Apple-esque type of thing, feel. Uh, again, one of the post things I have in my office here is basically a, is from Steve Jobs up there about the the crazy ones. And for us, it's really was part of our our culture from the very beginning. Um, we started off when we were building ClickFunnels, and we had what we refer to as as hackathons, where literally we'd be up almost all night long uh, because we had this kind of a plateau a plomo approach and again plateau plomo comes from again it's a mexican uh experience of where basically you've got a you're sitting there and the in the sheriff's in town and all of a sudden the the mafia comes into town and basically says hey here's a here's a bag of gold or silver or there's a bullet which one do you want and it's either you know it's a letter gold type of moment letter silver type of moment and i think that it was that type of approach when we had deadlines we made sure we met those deadlines and that was kind of the the culture amongst us as founders and as you know as partners and and building that that started to kind of bleed into a lot of just of our natural communication but then i think the main thing that uh obviously the t-shirt helped a ton but it was it was the communication and the authenticity when clickfunnels went down uh when we we're basically our servers literally crashed in the first year of the of the company and we're sitting there and russell and i would just finish the presentation to at a Dan Kennedy event, he was hopping on a plane to London. I remember getting the call from Todd and he's like, we are screwed. We don't know what we're going to do. And we were the number one consumer of our own product. And I think that authenticity of Russell getting on Facebook live and saying, I am so sorry. I, I, our guys are working night and day to make sure we get this thing fixed, but we understand your pain. We're going through this. Our funnels are down too. And I think it was the authenticity at the very beginning and just being super, super transparent that help people because I honestly, I thought, man, we're going to lose so many customers through all of this. And during that whole period, we really didn't. Um, what we saw happening was people were, were cheering for us to make sure that we actually got that thing back up and running because their businesses were built on it. And so as you take, as you kind of fast forward that throughout the years, uh, our live events, uh, funnel hacking live has become much more of a, just an event. It's, it's like a concert. And it's like a family. And it started off in you know, our very first one in Vegas with probably 500 people. Last year, we're in Nashville with almost 5,000 people. And they come from around the world because they want to be a part of something. I believe that to most entrepreneurs and, and small business owners, they want to feel like they belong. And more importantly, they want to feel like they belong to something that is going to help them get to their next goal. Um, one of the things, if it's a video here you see behind me, is our Two Comma Club X Award. And so we started creating awards and giving awards out. Uh, the very first thing was our two comma club award. And I think it was a funnel hacking, our second or third funnel hacking live where uh, prior to that, Russell came in my office and said, you know, Dave, how many of our customers have made over a million dollars inside of a sales funnel? And I was thinking it may have been two or three. And I think at that time it was almost 30 or 40. I was shocked. 
And wow. so we, we created uh, an award and tried to recognize our customers. So when you start looking at building culture, if it's all about you, you'll always lose. Once it becomes more about your customers and making sure that you're recognizing them and their success, that's where you start building a ton of, of confidence and more importantly, trust amongst your customers. Uh, for us, it went from, you know, our two comic club award. I think as of yesterday, there's 976 people who have made over a million dollars inside of a sales funnel. 67 who have now done over 10 million. Uh, this last year, we rolled out our two comic club C award, which is those people have made a hundred million. We broke it down into 25, 50, 75, and a hundred. And there's, you know, 25 people that are in one of those four categories, two of them having already done over a hundred million through a sales funnel on ClickFunnels. And so when you start looking at building culture, uh, the communication, we spend a ton of time through video and through content and trying to educate. And I think that anytime you're looking at trying to build culture, what is you have to provide an opportunity for people to where they can communicate with each other. Again, we've 250,000 people on our Facebook group and we only have 100,000 customers. The majority of those people actually aren't even our customers, but they have the opportunity of communicating with each other. Um, the ability to allow people that that feeling of growth and a feeling of achievement and to recognize that achievement along the way. Uh, at any of our events, we give out a ton of t-shirts and you, it's a weird thing where um, when we're looking at the t-shirts and we mentioned this a couple of times, one option was go ahead and just do a real cheap t-shirt or to really go for a high quality t-shirt. We chose the high quality one because we wanted people wearing it on a regular basis. And I think it's the little tiny things that all add up. Uh, I think if you take a look at uh, the recent book from uh, Walt Disney on building culture, customer service, be our guest. It's an amazing book that talks about really spending the time. They have a whole division of the company called guestology. And it's a study of their guests and understanding because realize every customer, a customer who comes to Disney in, in China or Japan is a totally different customer that comes to the U S or to France and Paris or to Euro. And I think it's, it's understanding your customer and the better you are at knowing who you're serving the better job you'll do at building a culture that they can actually feel a part of. And I think you've, I, uh, I can go on for hours on customer service. I mean, that's, yeah. You touched on like the aspect of social proof in, in a big way. We've, we've talked about a lot of these influence tactics. We've talked about scarcity and reciprocity and all these are all coming up. But I mean, I, I do think that social proof and the idea of not putting your brand first, but putting um, your, your customers or your, or your affiliates, the people that are, um, that are building the brand, putting them first. I, I think those are, are very key concepts and I've seen this in the in the seminar space. Uh, you know, a lot of the clients I've worked for that have made hundred thousand dollar plus offers from the stage and things like that. They they preframe those offers with you know panels of prior clients that have had extraordinary results. And there, it's not about it's not about the person making the offer. It's about those yeah. clients and how they were able to create those results. And that's what preframes the hundred thousand dollar offer or, or higher. Absolutely. And and I see that as a very powerful tactic. The other thing you've done with the awards, though, is you've uh, one, you're you're authentic, um, you're recognizing your people for massive accomplishments. You've created a uh, a system where other affiliates are then going to want to get the award. So you've created this kind of uh, benchmark that people are going to want to strive for. There's actually now a, a clear goal for affiliates yeah. to go for that, that maybe didn't exist before. Maybe they like you know had loose goals, but now they actually want that award. And uh, and then you've also kind of created this uh, credibility builder for those people, because if somebody sees that they got a two comma award or uh, I don't know how many <laughs> commas there are, but uh, the, if you get, get to the comma award, they're going to um, they're going to know that that person is legit, so that they know what they're doing. That, that's a certain level of uh, of proof that that, that that person as a marketer is competent because they've been able to achieve this award, which means they had to do that, um, had to make a million dollars in a single funnel. So I love all of those different aspects. I think it's very powerful that what you built, and I was just kind of breaking some of that down as, as I interpret it. Is that pretty accurate from what you're Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Yeah, I think the main thing, as you may mention there, Justin, is you got to spend more time recognizing your customers. And again, what you said, uh, setting the, uh, the hard part in most businesses is they don't have a goal of where they're trying to get to. And so by, again, it's the whole, you know, pointing the bat to the home run, basically, out, outfield saying that's where the ball's going and everyone knows everyone's looking for it. Same thing happens here where if all of a sudden you, you say, I'm, I'm hitting that level next year, I'll be on that stage. It's now a goal. It's a passion project. Uh, we've had people literally will get home from funnel hacking live and they'll take a dry or they'll take a permanent marker and basically put on their wall where their two comical black is going to be. So they sit, they stare at this blank square all year long because that's what they want. And I think, Again, it's the importance of recognizing them, setting the, help them 
set goals, achieve goals and have the success. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it ties into one of the reoccurring themes we talk about a lot on the show, which is uh, not only reciprocity, but also developing your tribe. Uh, you know, if you, uh, you know, if you do it correctly, you can really get your tribe to do, to go along with you, uh, anywhere, including, uh, to, you know, believe that, uh, Hillary Clinton needs babies or whatever. I mean, <laughs> you can, you, I, I, what I, what I want to do is I want to develop a, a, a tribe that, that believes that I'm really good looking. That's it. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> Uh, that's all I want. So, uh, it's tall, so, it's a tall order, Andros. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, okay. So n- now I'm, I'd, I'd like to kind of do a lightning round because we, I know you're tight on time, but I'd like to find out, uh, from you based on your experience, what are some primary mistakes that a lot of marketers make? when developing like a landing page, what are, what are, what are like the worst things that you see and the best things that you see? Oh man. Um, so a couple of the, the worst things I see is where your the images, the content that you have on an ad has absolutely nothing to do with the landing page they get to. Uh, so if you're going to create, you've got to be take to get to a landing page, you're taking them from someplace, whether it's an email or a, an ad. And so you have to make sure that either the same fonts, the same colors, the same pictures, that they see in the ad, they're going to see on the landing page. If it's coming from an email, the same messaging should be should be super congruent, should come directly across. Uh, I think too often people are they don't spend enough time on understanding the art behind behind the creating that funnel. And the easiest way to do it is just take a look at where where you're basically getting them from, and make sure that they when they come across is super congruent and they they see it right away. And, and what do you, do you have, are there like glaring mistakes that you see people make on a regular basis that you're like, oh, wow, why are they, why are they using our beautiful technology for this? <laughs> you know, like, what do you, what, what, give me some really bad faux pas. You've seen. <laughs> um, I think some of the major faux pas you're going to run across is, is not understanding where the customer's coming to. Uh, there's nothing more frustrating for a customer who's on a mobile device who only has a desktop experience when they click. And so you're not able to scroll. You're not able to span. And now all of a sudden, the very first thing a person is going to do from mobile is just click out of that. Uh, the other thing we see is uh, colors that really are just hideous, even though they may be the colors that you like. No one in their right mind is actually going to buy anything on there just because the colors are so glaring, ugly, and I'm just going to bounce out of it. Um, I think some of the other stuff are are pictures that that are are stretched and they're not sized right. And all of a sudden that person's, you have to understand that that first impression that a person sees is that's your brand. That's your image. That's who you are. And if you can't spend enough time to actually get some of the stuff just to even look normal or right. Uh, those are some of the main things we see where people are like, uh, I'm out of here. Yeah. One of the things I like about ClickFunnels is that you have that easy kind of develop uh, the mobile impression so you can actually yeah. create what the mobile experience looks like and the desktop experience very easily. And I, and I do know that a lot of people that use ClickFunnels probably don't even realize that you can adjust the mobile experience. <laughs> the, big, the thing that made the biggest difference for me when I used the software was actually implementing UTM links and being able to lead source where people were coming from specifically, which I imagine is also something that you prob- there's probably a gap that some people don't have that level. But that was like one of the big differentiators for me is once we actually pinpointed, oh, this person came from a Facebook ad or this person yeah. came from this specific email. That's a big uh, transition where we were really able to turn the table and, and leverage ClickFunnels to a much higher level, I would say. Yeah. I mean, KPI analysis is something that is, you know, the more data you have, the, the, the better, obviously. So uh, do you, can you give us a clue on like where you think uh, cause there's like augmented reality. I mean, do you see any huge shifts in how the technology is going to change your business? I mean, I'm sure through, uh, I'm assuming through COVID you guys probably did fine because people were just still like having to market stuff. Uh, but, but where do you see kind of like the future with technology? Like, how do you see the, the company going? Is there any like places that you're thinking it's going this direction? And so you're pointing the ship that way? Yeah, I think some of those, as you know, Justin may mentioned earlier, as far as a lot of the dynamic funnels and the changes to to that will be some of the main areas. I think the other thing you're going to, we're already starting to see this whole IoT Internet of Things. Uh, you're going to find where, again, a person may be shopping on their refrigerator door all of a sudden, 
And so making sure that experience, trying to make sure the experience fits wherever the person's at are some of the things that we'll be really spending a lot of time on is to make sure that the technology matches where, where people are shopping, where they're at. And I think the other thing you'll see, you already see it in Amazon, Google, Facebook, where you start, you start typing and it fills in the rest of it for you. It already knows what you're looking for. And I think you'll see the same type of thing inside of the funnel where you're going to start to be able to see what is the next logical thing for it. We start taking a look at, at split testing and really, again, you made mention Andres earlier, as far as KPIs, you're going to find there's a lot more data driven decision-making that where ideally the, where the software actually will make those decisions for you based on the data that's already there. So sure. it's, instead of offering a certain product, after you split tested three or four, it's going to recommend, you know what? This, this product actually is converting better for Facebook. This product's converting better for, for people on YouTube. And I think you'll find that uh, the funnels will change a ton over time based on the source of traffic coming in, based on the demographics of the people who are buying, and then more specifically based on the actual device that they're on. Do you, do you have any sort of AI that's working behind the scene to crunch data to start optimizing funnels for people? AI is a really funny topic. Um, I, I know, I know, I but, think, but is, I, it, is it self-aware yet? I, <laughs> to answer your question, as far as for most people, yes, uh, we're in the process of getting all that stuff up and running. Cool, cool. Well, uh, super uh, exciting, man. And uh, uh, we're we're coming up against uh, our time. But I, I first of all, if uh, like, where can someone get educated on ClickFunnels? Uh, how can they learn more about it? How can they use it? Uh, give us the breakdown. ClickFunnels.com is probably the easiest place. Uh, there's a ton of education information on the, on the homepage there. Uh, obviously, they can get a free trial from that, that page as well. Uh, in addition to that, uh, probably the One Funnel Away Challenge is, is the other area where we see a, if a person's trying to really figure it out. We've got a 30-day challenge that uh, every single day they get content from us on exactly what to do. There's a Facebook group, there's coaches involved and all that. It's a hundred bucks. Uh, it's the one funnel away challenge to, for a person who really wants to, to start trying to make it work. That's the easiest and best way. Oh, nice. And, uh, the, uh, the wild card question here, <laughs> uh, what industries do you see have the best like way to make money as far as uh, either like digital curriculums or is there a specific industry that you're like, Oh man, the, like set up a click funnel here and you can make money pretty easily in this sector. The answer on that is about as wild as the question it is there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my only reason saying that is uh, we're seeing people in so many different industries. You made, you alluded to the whole COVID thing. Uh, we fortunately for us, we were one of the best businesses that actually grew during that because there's a lot, I think, if you take a look at COVID, the biggest wild card that COVID has introduced is it fast forwarded people's experience and understanding of what the internet could actually do for them in their business by two to five years. And now all of a sudden you've got people who never would have considered going online uh, either to buy or as a business owner to generate leads who are now going, wait a second, I actually can. And so uh, we're seeing doctors, dentists, accountants, attorneys, uh, mom and pop shops who normally would say, you know, what, I'm going to focus here in my own local market who are going... I actually, I can see my customers in other areas. I can service more people. And that's opening up a huge, huge opportunity for them. Obviously, there's the e-com side, which is always out there. But I think when you start looking at it, it's more about really looking at building a customer journey that allows a person to scale and grow within your business than a quick buck. Yeah, yeah, good, good point. Well, uh, before we uh, go, we always ask our guests, we want to find out, what are you geeky about when you're not doing work? Like, what are you most geeky about right at this moment? Movie, TV shows, or something that you saw or read? Hobby. A hobby, a video game, uh, uh, whatever whatever it is. What, what are you geeky about right at this moment? The thing I'm most geeky about are my, is my family and my kids. Uh, that's the thing. So when work's over, uh, we live on a golf course, so we'll go out and uh, hit a round of balls, uh, golfing, uh, boating, I'm not much of a fisherman, so I'm going to have to learn fishing. My youngest son of the house is into fishing, so that might be the next thing I'm geeking out about is how to, uh, how to become a better fisherman. <laughs> nice. Like nice. Uh, Justin, what do, you, what do you got for me this week? Well, I did watch that movie, The Social Dilemma, Andres. It's, it's a little sure. bit pessimistic in that social media is going to end the planet, but it's got some good points, though. Um, and it is, I mean, it's, it's an interesting film. It's definitely, it definitely gets you thinking. And 
it is amazing how uh, I mean, t- I mean, I think a lot of like the polarization in politics and things like that existed in the past, but how much they've amplified because of the way that social media operates, because of the way that people now communicate with each other, and because that some people are put into these like echo chambers where they're seeing content that they engage with only, and they're not seeing the other side of things. And it so uh, it is amplifying certain processes. Um, it's, it's an interesting film, very, uh, opening and very, uh, you know, it definitely makes you think so. Uh, yeah, I, I recommend, uh, people watch it. And I, I had an interesting thing happen to me this week where I went onto Facebook on a, on my phone. And for some reason it asked for my password. So I changed it and then it locked me out. And it says, the only way we can let you back in is if we send you an email to an email address I don't have anymore. And so, uh, my Facebook dilemma got solved this weekend. <laughs> so, <kicked> uh, <laughs> I got, I got locked out of my account and I have absolutely zero desire to get it back. So well, thank their you. Customer thank service you. is very slow also. So if you, if you ever oh. did reach out to them, it'll take like two weeks to get a response. Two weeks. <laughs> you got two weeks. That's funny. So, uh, and I'm watching Cobra Kai on Netflix, which is very, David, were you a karate kid fan when you were a kid? You look like we're about the same <laughs> of age. Of course. Wax on, wax off. Have you seen Have you seen Cobra Kai? I ha- I haven't yet. I've heard a couple people talking about that, it. So what you is know the- what? It's good. It's I. It it has won me over. And basically, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the the premise is great. And basically, you know, it's like these guys are both middle aged now, and uh, and uh, Mike uh, Russo turned into a total dick, and and uh, <laughs> and Johnny Lawrence has been. Uh, he was defeated, and it wrecked him. It like it it made his whole life go off kilter. And so their roles are kind of reversed, but they're both also still them. And anyway, it's, and, and it also shows how complicated life can be. It's great. I, you know what, if you, Dave, if you liked it, how, how do you have teens yet? Dave, you showed them the original karate. Kid? I do. Yes, of course. Have you shown them karate kid, <laughs> the original? The, yeah. Yeah. So we'll have, to, we'll have to look at Cobra Kai this weekend. Yeah, man. So, uh, all right, everybody, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Woodward of ClickFunnels, thank you so, so much for being on the show. Uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, please uh, share the podcast uh, with uh, 5,000 of your closest friends when it comes out. <laughs> but all right, this was, this was wonderful. Thank you so much uh, for being on the show. All right, man, Dave Woodward. That was, all right. uh, that was a good one. That was a good one. I uh, I I I do want to do some ClickFunnels stuff. Iris and I have a uh, a business that we are going to be starting. Uh, I I and you know who knows you know I mean I I I want to I want to do it because if I get a ClickFunnels subscription, I like the idea of just like creating businesses on the fly and putting them up and seeing what sticks. You know. Yeah. Left, no- left nostril inhalers, you know, <laughs> I now almost sold out. Well, as with anything, yeah. I mean, I, ClickFunnels is an amazing tool, but I mean, it always, for, for people listening, I always like to say that it is a tool. So there, there is still uh, a, a more required to make it work than just the software. Now the software does a lot of that stuff for you. Like you're able to get templates from different industries. You're able to get um, kind of a lot of the stuff kind of moving in an easy, much easier way than you would without it, like a plug and play landing page builder, you know, you just slide over, you know, drag and drop the image that you want, um, click to change the fonts, click to change the, uh, the text that's in the templates. So a lot of it's all there for you, but there are other pieces still. So I, I don't, I like to, it's not a panacea that makes it a hundred percent on autopilot, but it does a lot of the work for you. I'm a big fan of the tool. Um, and we'll have, we'll have a link in the description where you can check it out. Nice, man. Well, uh, an affiliate link, of course. Cool. Cool. And if you have, if you have any questions, <laughs> you can always, uh, talk to Justin, uh, or, uh, myself on LinkedIn, uh, follow the page folks, because we're, uh, doing our episodes live and putting up some cool content etc etc and, and also put links because uh russell brunson the the original founder ceo of flip funnels uh has three really good books that he wrote uh that are called dot com secrets expert secrets and traffic secrets so it's a trilogy the the newest one traffic secrets came out earlier this year in 2020 uh, all good books so 
he has uh, he had in ClickFunnels he built out like campaigns for each of those books where you could get the book for free but you pay for shipping. So I'll, I'll put some links to those too because I, actually I think those are some of the best books out there on marketing. They're definitely in my top um, at least at least the. I haven't read Traffic Secrets yet, but the uh, .com Secrets and Expert Secrets are both amazing, amazing books. I'm sure the Traffic Secrets is just uh, a continuation of that. The trilogy that is uh, the Lord of the Rings of the <laughs> world. That's right. So, <laughs> so uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, with that, we are the Marketing Geeks. I'm Andre Sturgeon. And I'm Justin Womack. And we are out. Stay classy. Marketing Geeks. Come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Andrew Sturgeon and Justin Womack. The fun will never end. It's marketing. Geeks. Marketing.